Welcome to the Men After God podcast, where you will be challenged and encouraged as you pursue God, achieve success, and raise a thriving family. Join your host, Dustin, and his guests on a weekly journey to grow as husbands, fathers, and men after God. Here is your host, Dustin Alley. Hey guys, welcome back to the Men After God podcast. We've got another exciting week here with you. One of the things I am passionate about is just kingdom growth, kingdom mindset, and then partnering that with the entrepreneurial spirit that comes from so many in the business world. Many of you that are listening and subscribe to our podcast or in small business have a desire to have a side hustle or grow and scale your business to size, and we want to help you do that. My guest today comes from an amazing background that he's going to share with us in just a moment, but he's worked in the global economy and he has been with businesses doing global work. And he has now transitioned his life to start his own company to help the small to medium-sized business grow to the scale that God would have them to be at. I'm excited to have Patrick with us today. And as we jump into this, Patrick, Go ahead and tell us about your book, man. Congratulations on publishing your first uh, your first book there. We're so glad to be able to put that in our show notes for our guys. No, thanks, Dustin. It's been uh, an absolute uh, uh, amazing journey, really, to, uh, to publish my own book, uh, How They Made It, uh, Secrets from Successful Entrepreneurs You've Never Heard Of But Should. Uh, my passion as, um, as we were going through all of the COVID stuff, even starting with 2020, is you know, I was traveling 40 weeks out of the year internationally and throughout the U.S., and then everything stops with COVID, and I just was really looking for uh, some plumb lines to help me work through not being able to get to my clients, not being able to, uh, you know, just stay in the routine that I was in. And and one of the big um, motivating factors for me uh, in my life throughout my career has been looking at entrepreneurs, small and medium-sized businesses, as well as global entrepreneurs that have just, you know, come up with an idea, put a plan around it, and then executed it. It always just amazed me and I believe helped me take my yeah. game up to the next level as I uh, worked with um, with global companies. And so the book uh, was therapy for me, but it also uh, gave me the opportunity mm. to tell the stories of five entrepreneurs, their stories. Where did they come from? When did they come up with their original idea? How did they process that? And then how did they execute it and become successful? And then the other thing is, what's next for them? Uh, so I had an opportunity to talk yeah. with and, and interview and write those stories. But then in the back section, I have a 21-word challenge I didn't want to just tell the stories. I wanted to challenge people to take on the capabilities and the attributes of these businessmen and, and women and these teams. And so the 21 word growth challenge gives people an opportunity to look at if I want to embrace uh, these entrepreneurial impacts, the things that help make them successful, how do I um, look at what's unproductive in my life as it relates to attaining those? What's, mm. What am I doing that's working, that's productive? And then what am I doing that is accomplished or how do I attain being accomplished? So the book covers all those things and it's not a big book, right? It's uh, 170 pages. I never like grabbing a book that's like huge, you know? So it's one of those books you can yeah, grab and yeah. you can take in it. I think it's refreshing. I think it's challenging, uh, but I think it's also something that will help inspire people. So uh, that, that's the book. 
Yeah, I can't wait to pick up my copy. I, I love reading about stories of people that have just faced and overcome challenges and really persevered through those. Uh, you shared with me the five. You don't have to share all five of them with them now. And uh, But talk about you know one of the stories in there uh, that you just either most resonated with or you think could inspire a 30-year-old a man that is looking to get into business or start to grow or scale his business? Like, What's the name of that entrepreneur he should know? No, that's really good. Um, I, I think all five will apply, but the one that I would pick uh, based on your <laughs> yeah. question, yeah, you know, um, is um, is actually two young females that um, uh, mm. basically stepped out. They were challenged. They lost their jobs. Pooja Bhattacharya and Dilpreet Chada, market researchers, right, at a global level, serving global consultants and global uh, clients around the world had built such an, a, a powerful and amazing brand within a corporate culture, they lose their jobs in one day. And instead of stepping out wow. to um, work for another company, they decided, you know, we're going to go for our own company and we're going to take a risk and we're going to step out and do uh, what we believe uh, is, is our destiny, something that we've thought about, our husbands have encouraged mm -hmm. us to do, but they stepped out uh, in a culture in India that doesn't necessarily favor women, women jetting out and starting their own businesses. And uh, now they're operating wow. in three different continents. They've got 44 clients that they serve. They have a, a servant leadership mentality, but man, they are tenacious, they are focused and they get it done. So they took a dream and then put an operational plan around it. And they're just, uh, they're just kicking it. They're just doing amazing things. So uh, I think that that would be a, a really good story to, 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 to connect with when you, when you read the book. You know, as you shared about the, them uh, in our, before we came on to the recording here, you know, I was hearing that. And, and what inspires me about their story and just hearing you tell that, that minimal part of it is it, it wasn't easy. It couldn't have no. been, uh, not no. in their culture, not in their setting, their finances. I mean, I'm sure we're tied, especially for their dream of uh, of uh, having a global market research company, and uh, and then to make it an all women's company um, yes. in a culture that doesn't really. Uh, I'm not going to say want to. I don't know enough to to say that, but but it, you wouldn't think. Uh, would have that thriving and really being a, a big deal, and they really pushed against the flow. I as a you know. A white Christian male in America, I've got it a lot easier than they do to try to launch a company. It's small, right. large, medium, and got. I'm, I don't know about India's resources for small or large businesses like that, but I know in America we've got tons of resources out there, and uh, and of course, great guys like you that are willing to consult with them. It's a lot easier for us. But what do you think is the major? factor in a man's life that keeps him from taking that step of faith, uh, much mm -hmm. like you've had to do launching your own company, a growth matrix LLC. What do you think that major factor is that just keeps a man from, from taking that step? Yeah. The number one factor, uh, and I, I would say this is the number one factor and the other factors are, are like way down the list. It's fear, uh, fear of failure, mm. uh, fear of the unknown and fear that I'm not enough. And I think especially around the world, there's such a identity crisis um, uh, with men. Things that I've struggled with is, what, what, what am I, you know, what is my mandate? Uh, what is my kingdom mandate? And, uh, and I only find that in the scriptures. Uh, but then as I meditate on the yeah. fact that God is good and I look at the kingdom mandate, 
uh, of the human race, what gets reflected back on me is that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And I think that that is a missing mm. piece uh, in men today. Uh, not every man, but it is, uh, I find it uh, a majority of the time when I see someone that's being held back, it's they're being held back by by fear. And it's amazing that it's probably the, it, it is the most commanded do not thing in the Bible, do not fear. And so that's what causes the hesitation. But I think the way that you can navigate through fear is uh, is by growing in your identity uh, according to what the kingdom uh, mandate says, what, what the scriptures say, uh, who he is. And then as I meditate on who he is, what reflects back on me is who I am in partnership with him. And I think that's that uh, journey. And it is a journey. It's not, uh, but it is my it's my goal. No, it's my yeah. my Such destination right every day is if I can connect intimately with that, then fear has to stand at bay. So I, I would say it's fear. Oh, I love that. And, and I think that goes right with 2 Timothy 1.7. I preached this recently, but it's for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power yes. and of love and a sound mind. And uh, the, the power and love, you can almost think of it a little contradictory. Right. We've got yes. the power to overcome, the power to fight, the power to persevere. And then you've got love on the other side, which is mm -hmm. more humble, meek and, and mild, if you will, not weak. There's a difference. Um, yes. And then of a sound mind. And as I preached that, I, I thought and I think you'll relate to this. That sound mind lets us know when when we're supposed to use which one. Yes. The power or the love. And all yes. of it's fueled by love, I believe. Uh, yes. But nonetheless, it, it is not a spirit of fear that we have. And it's because we know who we are in Christ. And yes. that's, uh, you know, as far as men after God's concerned, one of our things we're excited for in 2024 is the launch of our coaching program. That's mm. going to help us to, uh, I help men identify their core purpose that God has made them for, and then coach yes. them on how to live from that in their context. And, yeah. uh, I think it's so great that you brought that up, that being able to overcome that fear comes from knowing your, you use the word mandate. I might say identity, mm -hmm. but same thing, knowing right. who I am in Christ allows me to live without fear. Because if I'm living from that, then I'm living from who he's told me to be. And yes. everyone else is going to, again, you're going to find people that love it. You're going to find people that hate it, but we're not here to please them. We're here to please him. And then when right. we do that, I think we find uh, success in whatever it may look like. Yes. So you took that step of faith. You, you stepped out through the fear. You started Growth Matrix LLC. Give us a little backstory because you've got over 30 years of experience in the global marketplace. And I'm sure to try to go through all of it right now would take up a few podcast episodes for us. But right. give us a little backstory, if you could, uh, on just your experience and uh, and then uh, talk about Growth Matrix and how you come alongside uh, those small businesses to help them scale. No, that's great. I, I appreciate that. Um, I, I started my career here in Detroit, um, basically uh, selling and program managing uh, custom software development. And then I started integrating technology solutions together uh, within the automotive industry uh, for suppliers that were communicating and working with um, original equipment manufacturers or automotive companies like GM, Ford, and Chrysler at the time, now Stellantis. And so I really cut mm. my teeth uh, in really understanding, oh my gosh, how does the business, how does the business world work? 
uh, within the automotive industry. And all industries are tough, you know, don't get me wrong, but the automotive industry is super tough, super regulated. Um, you know, people that have been uh, serving in the automotive industry for for decades are doing so because the number one focus uh, of, of our careers is to add significant value uh, every time we show up. So that was the, um, yeah. the training ground for me. Uh, and so moved through the technology space in the systems integration piece, consulting, uh, and then worked into uh, helping to support um, uh, large scale consulting uh, projects, not only uh, selling them, uh, but also helping to uh, program manage them uh, depending on the project and then would oversee uh, global relationships. Like when I was with KPMG, I was globally responsible for the relationship with General Motors. Uh, when I was at Ernst & Young, mm. I was globally responsible for the relationship with Ford Motor Company. And then just recently, I left uh, Corn Ferry, which is a global people and organization transformation company uh, and one of the largest executive search firms in the world. And I held a portfolio. Wow that um, uh, worked with companies like Toyota and John Deere and Cummins and uh, 3M and others. And so from that perspective, wow. uh, you, you, you learn not only how to add value, but how to add value at scale. And so when I had the, the dream of starting my own company, it was really to build an economy around my gifts and talents to draw uh, expert teams together, which is what I would do within the global brands that I served, um, but to 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 leverage my network around the world to be able to go into to come into small and medium sized companies uh, that maybe have grown and maybe they're doing amazing, but they want to scale globally or they want to scale to 20, 30, 40 or 50 million. Um, I've got experience on helping companies grow at scale. So to be able to come in and help steward small to medium-sized companies, help them steward the growth, put a growth strategy together, uh, work with their top teams, maybe do some executive coaching, depending on what needs to be done, and then uh, helping to support that uh, that growth strategy or that initiative for them uh, moving forward. And so, again, leveraging my experience at scale, but then understanding how uh, business grows. And to be honest, Dustin, uh, healthy companies, healthy organizations, they grow. And so how do you tap into that and pull out the toxic threads in your culture, in your management style, maybe in your strategy, um, to uh, your growth strategy? How do you address those things and get yourself into a momentum uh, in order to, to to get things growing and moving and building the momentum. And so that's my background. And uh, Growth Matrix LLC is uh, is committed to working with small to medium-sized companies to help them grow. And that is phenomenal. I, I love that. You mentioned something, toxic threads, how you get those out. Now, in your experience in the global economy, I'm, I'm sure you've seen you know a plethora of those types of things. Uh, let's focus in on just maybe one to three. Like if, okay. if you were to say like one to three main toxic thread themes that mm -hmm. you've seen that you could tell right now to a business, or, hey, watch out for this. It's very common. It's very bad. 
you know, make sure to get this removed. Like what would you identify or which ones would you identify in those one to three that are just pretty common that a guy could say, okay, I need to check that out right now. Yeah. I I think one is uh, I I would be around, I, I would put this around the topic of transparency and accountability of say, you've got a CEO in the company. Okay. And they behave one way uh, to the public and they behave another way to their employees. Right. So to the public and to anytime they're on screen, um, they're uh, oh generous and, and uh, really convey a big heart. But then when the cameras are off, they're uh, insulting, indignant, uh, impatient, uh, they rule with an iron fist. Um, that is more common uh, than you would think. And so there are mm. um, there are leaders that uh, that is toxic to the culture because people don't know how to behave. They see one image on the camera and then they see the other compromising or hypocritical uh, kind of action where where people are treated unfairly. Um, so I think that that would be a, a top a toxic thread. Um, I think another toxic thread is inconsistency in performing against a plan. So for example, you, you publish, Hey, this is the direction that we're going and this is what we want to do. And this is what we want to be as a company. But then all of a sudden the leadership gets rattled uh, because uh, things are going on in the marketplace. And, and let me you just state, you know, plans are meant to be adjusted, right? But sometimes fear and micromanagement comes in and all of a sudden something that was meant to be like unleashing the future or the potential of the company with great plans, great strategies and things like that. Now that there's constraints have come in, sometimes fear and micromanagement comes in. And what that actually does is, is if you think, um, a, a, a legitimate challenge and investment in somebody breeds creativity. Fear and micromanagement diminishes creativity. So what ends up happening is, is when the fear and micromanagement comes in, creativity just wanes. And so then they, you know, beat the drum harder put the squeeze on even more, and they don't realize that they're choking the life uh, out of their organization. Um, And then I would throw Mm. a third one in is in the market today, uh, there is a liberty that's taking place. People are becoming more emboldened with, hey, I want a work-life balance. I don't want to just, like when I started, it was all sacrifice and then have passion. But it was like, if if I was asked to work through the night, it was I would wake up the next morning and say, Mr. Boss, you want me to work again? You know, so it was sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. Now um there there tends to be more of a focus on passion and less sacrifice. And so what I'm seeing is is we gotta figure out, especially um wh- whether it's a small company, medium-sized company, or large-scale company. We have to to do better at figuring out how to uh, uh, leaders being relevant to uh, a workforce that wants more work life balance, but then uh, younger twenties, thirties, and forties that want more work life balance need to understand. Wait a minute, I need to to learn how to sacrifice with my passion. It's not just all about me getting, getting, getting. 
like that 30 something that wants the group vice president role. And this is so real. Uh, but they have no wisdom. They have no experience um, in no. actually having or attaining that role. So that, but that is confusing the culture, that topic. And so leaders need to learn how to relate better to guide and challenge and mm. workers, even senior leaders that are young need to learn how to, uh, I think, add in sacrifice with passion, accountability. So th those would be three that I would say are, are holding companies back today. I love that. And, you know, and a lot of time, one of the things I love about having conversations with those in the uh, marketplace on our podcast, being a pastor is helping uh, some of our guys that are listening because all should be all are part of churches and different things like that. Understand how their pastor can actually relate to them on a level that they might not have thought of before. And that mm -hmm. is with that entrepreneurial spirit and those leadership challenges and those various things that go on there. Uh, I want to key in on something you said. Well, really, you did, too. And you're going to uh, I remember one very distinctly because it's uh, not a prevalent problem, but it's a, it's something we all face as pastors and leaders. And uh, then your second one there. So the first one of being one thing in front of the camera and one thing behind the scenes mm -hmm. um, as a leader and especially, and you know, now I'm saying for me, my organization, if you will, our church family, you know, when I preach, I, I preach the word and I'm, it's on Sundays and I'm there for everyone I'm giving, um, you know, then you come in a Monday and you got a staff member that didn't, didn't meet a deadline. You know, right. and so obviously we're not nailing them to the wall or, you know, throwing them out with the, the garbage that morning. But, uh, you know, in the helping those who are in that position to understand that. And I think you tell me if I'm wrong, you've got more experience than I do when you're in front of people that way. You're there and you're giving to them. So if your emotions are off or if you're upset, you're angry, you might mm -hmm. have to set those to the side and, and be there for them. And yeah. then behind the scenes, if you will, how it's not unloving, I don't think, uh, to hold someone accountable and to right. have a direct, not degrading or insulting, but a direct conversation and just kind of balancing that. Could you speak to that for just a moment? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that um, successful teams uh, in particular, they need to have, they need to be challenged with excellence, right? Um, yes. and, and, and in challenging people with ex excellence, when there's a, a level of humility and love that, that's with that, it's, hey, we're all in this together, but you, you have a role in this and I need you to step up because I, we're, you're not just impacting the team, you're impacting yourself in, in your future. And being able to do that in love and in humility, but in strength, challenging to make sure that that expectation is high, but that the love and the humility is high, um, I think it gives you the opportunity to, to address that. And, and I've had team members in many different cultures that I've had to have those discussions with. And what people relate to the best isn't so much my words, it's my heart. They can see, uh, mm -hmm. and I didn't used to be this way in the beginning. It was a it was a learned and growth thing for me. But as I matured in my leadership approach and and really embraced love <clears throat> and humility, what it did is it it gave me the opportunity to relate to them from the heart. That there's more at play here than just meeting the deadline. This is you having getting the opportunity to grow and mature in order to meet that excellence that we expect from you. But but accountability, you know, there, there's a passiveness in marketplace today. And so what happens is, is there are okay. leaders that won't even address it. They'll just be like, put them on a, a list, you know, non-compliant, mm -hmm. can't work it out. And then there's this, this uh, secret kind of 
behavior that I'm not going to give them an opportunity, this passive aggressive, right? Approach to mm. things. Wow. But yeah. Okay. I think transparency and uh, love and genuineness is the, the, the best caring that you can, you can bring forward as a leader. And it's, it, regardless of you, you mentioned the, 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 the church world and the church life, uh, which is a, an organization, right. That, that, that wants to meet excellence, but it's in everything that we do. Mm -hmm. um, being able to let people yeah. know I'm, I'm really disappointed. I didn't see you, you know, come to work with your a game. Is there something going on in your, you know, is there something, are, are you okay? Cause, cause a lot of times people don't bring their a game, not because they, uh, not because they don't want to, but gosh, I mean, look, look at what we're managing today, you know, between home life and kids yeah. and, and growth and, you know, all of these things that are going on. Um, but the, the heart for the individual has got to be first, but I can't compromise, but, but I need excellence from you. I, ho I hope that helps. Exactly. That yeah. And I, no, it does. I think that's wonderful because there's, um, you mentioned accountability, and that's a huge thing, and being able to hold someone accountable. I find it easier to hold someone accountable in a loving and, and humble way when I'm living from who God's called me to be. Mm -hmm. And uh, and and I think that, that for me, is just foundational. And yep. knowing who God's called me to be, I can comfortably have a conversation with someone. Because if I'm being passive-aggressive, I, I love this. Another uh, pastor that I'm friends with, great leader, Kerry uh, Schmitz's his name. Um, he was talking one time in a staff development. I can't quote it, but it, it's basically if you're afraid of having the conversation, an, an uncomfortable conversation, what you're saying is it's better for everyone else to be uncomfortable because mm -hmm. everyone else sees it too uh, right. than it is for you to be uncomfortable. Now, I've, I've been guilty. I've been guilty of avoiding that uncomfortable conversation, uh, and I've had to go in and have those uncomfortable conversations. Uh, right. And I, I love how you pointed out it's about growth. You know, we all don't just start there. Uh, the question, right. are le great leaders born or are they made? And I think the answer is yes, um, because yes. They're, they can be born, but they're going to learn a lot. And then if they weren't born a leader, they can become one with, the, you know, again, just time and experience mm -hmm. and, and failure because we're all going to be facing that. That's right. So you're coming in with small, medium-sized businesses. Now, is your, is your company focused solely on growing to global scale? Or if I had a company come to you and say, hey, listen, I'm an oil company. I deliver oil for homes in, in sure. Connecticut. Uh, and I want to just, I, I'm really, not, I, I can't go global. Okay. Um, right. But I'd like to go regional. I'd like to start getting into New York, Massachusetts, Vermont, somewhere like that. Are you, yes. are you there to help companies grow to that size or just to the global scale? No, I, I, uh, great question. I, I appreciate that. It's, it's really growth period. Uh, and uh, good. Okay. I, I, yeah, yeah. So I, I think that uh, there, there are companies that are, are trying to grow and they're stuck and they can't figure out why they're mm. stuck. Uh, part of my background and experiences is helping people at scale become unstuck, if you will, because they don't call people in. They don't call consultants in when everything's going great. It's yeah, we've tried everything. Yeah. Maybe we yeah. need an outside perspective <laughs> that has a perspective on what other companies have done. So, so from that perspective, um, I think that the, the, the companies that would be in the sweet spot for Growth Matrix LLC are companies that are up against a wall and they're stuck. And uh, part of it is leveraging experience. But the other part of it is kingdom is, is leveraging my kingdom value system that says, are there mm. things like we talked about toxicity or sometimes it's, it's a, it's a mindset. I'm working with a, 
with a manufacturer today. They're really strong in the U.S. They want to go global in this particular example, but their mindset is just it has been uh, U.S. based. So their channel strategy, mm. their sales strategy, everything that they're doing is based on everything that they've ever known. And so when we talk about putting a strategy together for them uh, from a global perspective, it's, okay, how do I think differently about providing value to the countries that, 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 they're, that they're thinking about and dreaming about? But then what channel strategy would be involved with that? Do, uh, how would I actually engage yeah. uh, uh, from that perspective? But it's really looking at how, how do you grow regardless of what your situation is? And if you're stuck, how do we get you unstuck um, based on my experience and the experience of my team and uh, looking at the kingdom uh, principles that, you know, he's the architect of all things that grow. <laughs> so tapping into that is, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Is, is priceless. It's just priceless. That is so good. You know, as you said that, that's so why I laughed when you first started talking because it made me think of marriage counseling. Nobody ever calls the pastor in to counsel like, hey, pastor, right. everything's going great. And we just wanted to let you know that. Right. Right. Uh, it's always, hey, we've done everything we possibly can. The divorce lawyer's coming tomorrow. You've got one hour. Good luck. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> so. Yes. Um, yes. But here's what usually gets a I'm, I'm going to say a company. You correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but a marriage to that point is this idea of, well, it, we can't have someone else help us. We've got to do this yeah. ourselves. We've yeah. got to overcome. Um, and, you know, I tell couples in premarital counseling, like, hey, I recommend six months to a year or more of postmarital counseling. It's not going to be mm -hmm. as intense or in depth, but it's really more of a check in and That's get right. them used to a third party speaking into their lives to say, okay, you're here now. How's yes. it going? What's next for you? How are you growing? And is there anything wrong? Can we work through it? Uh, that way, God forbid, 20, 30 years from now, when the, you know, the spark is gone and they need to reignite mm -hmm. it, it's not a, it's not uncomfortable for them to have a third party come in. And so, um, That's right. you know, speak to that for just a moment of just how, first off, I think how normal it is for yes. a company to bring a consultant or to bring a coach in to work with them and help them to grow. And then individual small businesses. I mean, um, Patrick, I, I know your stuff is great. I've been looking over your material. I love your kingdom mindset. Um, but let's face it, you're not the only person in this space. Why? That's because right. there is a great demand for people like you. And so speak to that for just a moment and just maybe something of overcoming that idea. Uh, you mentioned American uh, ideas. That, that's kind of one of them. Like I'll pick myself up by my bootstraps and I'll do it right. myself. Um, right. Just kind of overcoming that a bit and, and the value that comes from bringing someone from the outside in. Yeah, it, it's, um, it, it's, it's really amazing uh, when you look at companies like Toyota, uh, Cummins, uh, John Deere, um, at the C-suite, at the senior levels, um, they bring in counselors, uh, the best of the best, to give outside-in perspective uh, because they know that in order to grow and stay relevant to the marketplace, they need to continually keep the flow of insight and coaching uh, going on. And so that that helps build the strategy piece that you talked about. Um, but then operationalizing the strategy is the ongoing relationship that says, okay, now that we've figured out where we want to go based on consultants and insights that, that, um, that are taking place around the world, now we're in a situation where, yeah, we, we, we have to really operate. We need to really grow. We need leaders like top teams 
um, like there might be six direct reports to a CEO and those six direct reports are knocking it out of the park individually in their areas, but they don't work very well together. So how do we create projects that actually add value to the company to help take us the company to the next level to, to create a top team initiative that encourages these very different leaders that reports, for example, to a CEO. And so there, those types of exercises, those types of accountability, executive coaching, it's so common today that um, uh, I tell people the resources to overcome anything, anything that you're struggling with is available to you. The question is, are you willing to humble yourself and receive outside perspective uh, in order to grow? And that's for my personal life. It's for my marriage, like you mentioned, but it's also for your corporate life. And we're actually seeing an acceleration of that acceptance. The more we're talking about mental health, man, you did not mm -hmm. talk about mental health 30 years ago. You know, that was like, oh no, I'm, yeah. I've got it going on. I, you know, but we're talking more about mental health. We're talking more about work-life balance. We're talking more about family first in every culture of the world. And so I think that really the biggest issue that people have to, to, to understand is, is that the resources are available. The question is, am, am I willing to let my, let, let myself in? And I'll tell you, uh, top corporations around the world do that f flawlessly. And so that may, maybe that helps give some perspective. I, yeah, I hope so. And then, you know, I, I, let's just be honest, the Christian marketplace. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, I, I listen, listeners, I love you, but I'm speaking from people I've spoken to for years and work, trying to work with Christian business owners and trying to work with people. Christian in the Christian marketplace, business owners and just uh, consumers can be some of the cheapest people I've mm -hmm. ever worked with or ever tried to work with. And, and I'm mm -hmm. not trying to be very derogatory, but it, but it's a true thing in my life in that we want value and we think because our salvation is free, so should everything else that's given <laughs> to us. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about being able to receive that um, that help and aid there, I want to add to that just for a minute, Patrick, and say mm -hmm. you've got to be willing to pay for the value a person is bringing you and mm -hmm. see that value that that's coming from them and how it's going to help you. And it's not wrong to ask for that. Um, in fact, it's, it's <laughs> Patrick, in your world, it's 100% commonplace uh, for, yes. <laughs> for that. You don't have executive coaching companies existing out of their own goodwill, uh, yes. you know? Uh, and so I, I think that's, that's something that's important. Um, I want to tease our, uh, our, uh, subscriber only interview we're about to do, Patrick, for our sure. listeners here. And listen, if you're not a subscriber, you can go over to patreon.com slash men after God and sign up and uh, you can have access to our subscriber only content and then a plethora of other um, just add ons that are a part of that. And go check that out over at patreon.com slash men after God. Uh, you mentioned earlier in the podcast about the 21 word question um, a growth, survey growth you have. Challenge. I think I said that yeah. wrong, so you can clear it up for me. Yeah, growth yeah, twenty-one challenge, right? word growth um, challenge. Highlight yes. that again. 
There you go. 21 more growth challenge. When our In our interview that we're going to do for our subscribers, Patrick is mm-hmm. actually going to break out about three to five of those and talk about them and how the application that it would be to not just you as a business owner, but the implications of you as a man after God, as a follower of Jesus, as a husband, as a father, and how that impact can be there. And so I'm really looking forward to that time we're going to have together. Patrick, if mm-hmm. you would, and I, you hit on it some earlier, but if you could say a few more words just about that 21 word growth challenge you've got there and just how... Uh, instrumental you've seen that in helping people to grow yeah i, I think um and, and i appreciate that thank thank you dustin I, I think the the 21 word growth challenge which is the last section of the book uh gives people an opportunity to uh understand uh what 21 uh capabilities or what 21 insights that these entrepreneurs express throughout their stories uh it gives us the opportunity to really uh, dive in deeper with wow in in being respected as a leader what does that really mean uh today in today's times and so i created a a rubric uh structure where it's basically three columns what are three things you don't want to do three things that are unproductive what are three things that are productive in accomplishing being a respected leader and then what are three things that demonstrate that you're moving into the accomplished area? And then you can rate yourself and just honestly sit and 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 I think even get people that know you in the marketplace that that you would see as a trusted advisory, sh- share with them that you're going through this journey of wanting to be better at um, exercising humility as a leader or being a um, uh, you know, going big in your ideas and 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 stretching yourself, uh, and it and it just denotes what are some of the like. Let's break it down into a much more specific thing that says, um, how, how can I grow in this? And so that's the twenty one word growth challenge, and I'm I'm excited about it because it's not based on my experience alone, but it's based on the experiences of these five entrepreneurs. And believe me, I didn't design the. The fact that they're all of these entrepreneurs, excessive givers, excellent in uh, team, team building, team mindsets, uh, servant leaders, um, extraordinaire. All of them is amazing, right? I pulled five from, I didn't even know how it was all going to work out, and they all demonstrated these things. And so the challenge <laughs> gives us the opportunity to mine that, mine it like mining for gold uh, to be able to bring those things into our lives. Yeah. I absolutely love that. And I, as I heard you describe those attributes, I thought of Jesus uh, as he is a team builder when he brought his disciples mm-hmm. together there. Uh, he's obviously got vision, you know, being God uh, and just everything that's there. It's it's the model that Jesus established for us. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's great that you saw it in um I I don't, I don't know if you hit in your book or anything, but I don't know if the believers are not, but ultimately like there's a model that God's established for the universe and how it operates. Jesus modeled that. And by being Mm -hmm. a servant leader, by building a team, by staying focused, uh, we can see God do really, really great things. And I I love working with people that want to do it for his kingdom. Patrick, I love it, man. Thank you so much for the interview today. You brought so much value to our listeners and I'm excited for them to hear you. And I can't wait to get your book. I'm going to be ordering it today and looking forward to reading that. Hey guys, listen, it has been an amazing, amazing day on the Men After God podcast. I mean, how often do you get to hear from someone who's worked in the global marketplace and share with you insights on how to take your small to medium-sized business to the next level? 
you say, Dustin, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be a global business, but I believe I could be regional. I could believe I could grow into another town or a city. Mm-hmm. Hey, you absolutely can if that's what God's calling you to do. And Patrick is here to help out. So check out the show notes with the link to his book. It'll have a link to his website and get in touch with him and let him know you heard from him, you heard about him from the Men After God podcast. Because I know he'd be encouraged to know that he's working with another kingdom minded entrepreneur to grow their business, to grow uh, God's kingdom. Patrick, again, thanks so much for your interview Thank today, you. my friend. Everyone else, I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Men After God podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and keep up with the show by following us at facebook.com slash men after God. You can also reach out to Dustin personally at Dustin at seekconsulting.us with any questions or for coaching on being a man after God. Until next time.